Our lesson today is John chapter 8. And once again, it emphasizes the fact that God never condemns us for what we do. Jesus came to forgive us. And he successfully did that when he died on the cross and shed his blood. But that's not license to sin. And I want to make it clear that I believe if we disobey God, there are consequences that we have to pay. And usually those consequences are very unpleasant. They cause guilt and frustration and a lack of self-esteem because of what we know about ourselves. And so as I teach this lesson this morning, emphasizing that we're not condemned, we're condemned already if we haven't received Christ. But there's no condemnation to those who are in Him. I heard a story, a man give his testimony that he lived in a small town somewhere in the U.S., and he was the town drunk with a terrible reputation. And somehow someone shared the gospel with him and he prayed to receive Christ. And he said his life was literally transformed. And he would go back into the bar to see his friends, not to drink, but to say hello. And they would all look at him and say, we're so proud of you. We can't believe how your life has changed. It's wonderful to see you now. And he said, then I would go to church and they would snub me and turn their nose up at me because I'm a past sinner. And he said, I feel that no matter what a person has done, if they truly repent and change their life, we should accept them because that's what God does. And so in our lesson today, Jesus went up on the Mount of Olives and again the people came to him and he sat down and he taught them. Now the scribes and the Pharisees, now who were they? They were the interpreters of the law. And they brought to him a woman taken in adultery. Now this woman was married and she was having sexual relationships with another man. That's adultery. Fornication is having sex before you get married. And when they set her in the midst, they looked at him, and I can see the scene now, these proud interpreters of the law. Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. And Moses in the law commanded us that we, she should be stoned. But what do you say about it? Now in Deuteronomy chapter 17, that's what it says. If a woman is caught in adultery and there are two witnesses, that she must be stoned to death. If there's one witness, you can't stone her. You have to have two. But this they said, tempting Jesus, um, that they might have to accuse him. Jesus stooped down and with his finger he wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. I have the picture that he was just ignoring them and he just started writing in the sand. And they continued to ask him. So he lifted up himself again and he said, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And again he stooped down and he wrote on the ground. And it's, it's unbelievable. He's just not making a big deal over it. Now there are consequences to adultery. It's not a good thing. But here is the picture of how forgiving 
God can be through the death of Jesus, no matter what we do. And they which heard it being convicted by their own conscience, their own conscience, they knew they couldn't throw the first stone because they were sinners themselves. And they went out one by one. I love it. The eldest went out, even unto the last. And then Jesus was left alone. And this woman was standing in the midst. Can you imagine how she felt standing there with these men accusing her and watching them walk out one by one because they got convicted? And then Jesus lifted up himself and he saw nobody but the woman. And he said unto her, Woman, where are those that accuse you? Has no man condemned you? She said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. He didn't say, You dirty, rotten woman. Aren't you ashamed of your past behavior? Look what you've done to so many people. He just looked at her and he said, Stop doing that. And Jesus tells us the same thing. If you've invited Christ into your life and there's some sin you just continually commit, I believe he's saying the same thing to you and me. Just don't do that anymore. And you know now that we have the Spirit of God living in us, don't forget we have a power to turn from it. We don't have to do the things we want to do when we know they're wrong. I think back to when my children were young and I had three under three. I was not a Christian. I didn't have the knowledge of the truth. And so I would scream at my children. And then I would go to bed at night and I would cry because of the way I'd talk to them. And I would get up the next morning and I would say, I'm not going to do that ever anymore. And they would just mess up my house or get in my way or do something I told them not to. And it would make me so mad I would find myself screaming at them again. And then I became a believer. And one day after that, I was preparing dinner and the telephone rang. I went to answer and I saw my youngest, who was probably four years old, five years old, little kid. And he had mud all over his hands. And he was spreading the mud on the windows in my family room and drawing pictures. And I got so mad at him. I didn't get mad because the mud was on the glass. I got angry because I was the one that was going to have to clean it off. And I looked at him before I answered the phone, and I screamed at him and said, Get off that glass. And then I picked up the phone, and I said, Hello, so lovely and so charming. And my friend said, Mary Glenn, are you busy? And I said, No, I'm not busy. And then I covered up the phone and looked at my son and said, Get off that glass while I talk on this telephone. And then I went back to my conversation. But I guarantee you, I don't know one word that was spoken to me by my friend. Because it was though a hot knife went in my chest. I thought, 
What a way to treat a five-year-old little boy. And what a way to act in the face of your friend when you scream at your children and you turn around and you're so nice and so polite to your friend. And I was devastated by my own behavior. I hung up the phone. I apologized to Mark. I asked him to help me clean the windows. And he was so shocked that I said I was sorry for my behavior that he got a rag and helped me clean it. And then I couldn't figure out how to break that habit. And since I'm kind of a maverick and crazy anyway, I realized that you have to fill your lungs with air before you scream. Now, you try to scream right now without filling your lungs with air. You can't do it. And so I prayed a very important prayer. I said, Lord, in the time it takes me to fill my lungs with air, you have ample time to tell me not to scream. And I'm going to ask you to do that for me because I know there will be another time since I'm in the habit of doing that that I will scream. And believe it or not, the next time I was tempted to scream as I filled my lungs with air, there was a still small voice within me that said, no, don't do that anymore. And I determined that I would never, ever scream at my children again. They were five, six, and seven when I made that determination. And probably 20 years later, my daughter and I were doing a mother-daughter conference, and we took questions. And one lady in the audience had heard me tell this story. And she said, Dawn, what was it like when your mother screamed at you? I couldn't believe her answer. She looked at that lady and she said, my mother never screamed at me. And you know, my heart was broken. It was broken with gratitude that God had removed those memories from my child's life. And I've asked them now, and they're in their late 50s and early 60s at this point in time, and they don't remember. That's mercy that God could erase those times I was just hateful and selfish to my children. I remember thinking when you have three under three, and my husband was just beginning his dental practice, and I didn't have money. I could get babysitters, but I had the responsibility to the children and to keep the house and prepare the food and do the laundry. And I justified my anger and my temper and my hostility. But really, I know now, they were just being children. But they got in my way. And they caused me to have to do things I didn't want to do. And it all goes back to not getting your way. And I just want to emphasize to you again that there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And I emphasize this because many people, and some of you that may be listening to this podcast, have a past that you're ashamed of, and you're ashamed to face the Lord Jesus Christ because of what he might do to you. 
But I want to say one more time, he never condemns. He says, go and don't do that anymore. But if you continue, there are consequences. So don't take this lesson as license to just go do what you want to because he will forgive you because it just doesn't work that way. Thank you for listening. Share this with others and God bless you.